brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is Tyler Lockett, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here with Byron Lambert, and today we are going to talk about some mock draft simulations that we have done using version 1.1, soon to be version 1.2 of the Ultimate Draft Cheat Sheet available at rosterwatch.com for PPR leagues. In 2020, Byron has some thoughts, I believe, at the wide receiver position. Byron, what what the hell's going on, brother? Man, just staying on task and um, trying to put a few fish in the freezer right now, and running a yeah. lot of mock drafts. We're running a ton of mock drafts, and had a lot of takeaways at the wide receiver position that I wanted to share today. Oh yeah, we've been doing a lot of mock drafts and doing a lot of simulations and stuff. And one of the great tools that I like to use is the mock draft wizard over at Fantasy Pros. That will um, that will you know continue to get better and better throughout the summer as they add on the ADPs and the different um, like I guess machine learning that the uh, draft wizard does with the different mock drafters and stuff like that. It, it really is a good simulator. And I just thought before we get started, I've I've basically I've uploaded the cheat sheet uh, into Fantasy Pros, and I just wanted to run a quick simulation because it goes in to some of the things that I'm thinking about. As far as these news and notes, we'll talk about before we get to uh, before we get to the uh, the talk about the wide receiver. So let's just say here. Um, so the cheat sheet is uploaded version one point two. So with my first pick here, we'll go Christian McCaffrey because um, it, it it automatically gave me the one point zero one. So of course that that always is good. The pick two three turn Miles Sanders, Mike Evans. Um, like that start, I think Byron will really like this. This uh, this at the four or five turn, what the cheat sheet gives us. The cheat sheet, of course, always tries to build a balanced roster. Le'Veon Bell, Tyler Lockett at the four or five turn. We got Tyler Lockett up a good bit after the uh, after the last podcast. Whenever Byron had so much to say about him, um, the next turn here, two, we're most go efficient two wide, wide receiver in NFL history, Alex. Uh, Tyler Lockett. Did you see that blurb in the last couple of days? Do you know a guy who's who's been super efficient? He's just always hurt is Will Fuller. So we will go Will Fuller here, and then Hollywood Brown, who we've kind of 
latched on to as a guy who we're very interested in getting, especially at, at the value here. Here's where it comes a little because this at the uh, at the eight nine turn, Byron. I've been depending a little bit on these two players, at least one of them being around. Now we're getting them both, the two rookie running backs, Keyshawn Vaughn and J.K. Dobbins here. This team is actually turning out to be very sick, um, but that's what it is when you use the cheat sheet. It is a magical sheet of paper that makes sure that this happens. The tight end will be Rob Gronkowski. And then Tevin Coleman, who you get here at the very end, who's to say what's going to really happen between him and uh, and Raheem Mostert this year? Who's to, I mean? Uh, Tev, Tevin Coleman and whatever. What was that? Was that the what round was that? Was that the tenth my, round? My DFS darling in the yeah. what was it? Divisional round of the playoffs last year is four touchdown monsters. Looks looks like the cheat sheet here is going to just have us take two quarterbacks, uh, which I don't generally love, but I'll I'll, I'll deal with it here. Uh, Aaron Jones or Aaron Rodgers and Daniel Jones, and then it looks like for our last pick, we're going to have a decision between Blake Jarwin and Nikhil Harry. Do you have any? Would you rather back up Gronkowski with Harry? Or would you rather, or Jarwin, or would you rather just take a flyer on 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 Harry to see if he has a year two breakout? I might take a flyer on Harry. I think that's what I'm doing too. All right. So basically, if you look at this team here, Aaron Rodgers at the quarterback, the running backs, Christian McCaffrey, Miles Sanders, Le'Veon Bell, Keyshawn Vaughn, J.K. Dobbins, Tevin Coleman, the wide receivers, Mike Evans, Tyler Lockett, Will Fuller, Marquise Brown, Nikhil Harry, um, and the tight ends. Uh, the tight end is Rob Gronkowski. So that that's a sick team, right? That's a sick team. But as I'm doing that, I begin to wonder, we had this quote from um, Doug Peterson as he was talking about Jalen Hurts. And he was saying, basically the thing that we kind of, so, so, something that we have been pondering, and that is the effect of the truncated preseason and lack of OTAs and offseason on these rookies in their level of acclimation to the team and the playbook. Doug Peterson says that NFL teams are going to have to lean on veterans, at least to start the season. Whenever he was asked a question about Jalen Hurts, and that was sort of what he sort of went on to. Does that worry you at all, Byron, about your – or does it change your level of confidence at all? in some of these rookies who come in looking like they're going to be in good situations, guys like the Keyshawn Vaughns of the world, or does it change from running back to wide receiver? Certainly we, we hardly ever trust rookie tight ends, but running backs and wide receivers, you know, we do all of our work in the off season to identify which ones of these guys could come in and be uh, fantasy viable. Um, generally we can get really good values on them later in drafts. Like I kind of think we just did with Keyshawn Vaughn and JK Dobbins. How do you see this, and are you taking a different approach to rookies this year because of the unique nature of everything going on in the world? I think it's a fair point and should be taken into consideration. So maybe there will be interesting to see, though, is the market already taking that into consideration? It sure feels like it. Eight, nine turn for Keyshawn Vaughn and and J.K. just now? Well, then if the market's already taken into consideration, the cheat sheet isn't magic piece of paper that is inherently leveraged against ADP we don't we needed we just act accordingly with those guys it's all it's it's all baked in I in and I it's a it's a fair point to make I think as long as we're in the line in line with market and working the leverage versus ADP we're always in good shape there and then I I do believe you could make the argument that 
Somebody like Keyshawn, it depends on which rookie. Certainly wide receivers, tight ends, that hurts probably the most. I think a guy like Keyshawn Vaughn, he, he's he's very veteran-esque, veteran-like in his he's a great, experience, he's a in his pass, mentality, pass, pro. His pass protection. He puts down two baggers. I mean, that guy is – and he's a serious kind of no-nonsense dude. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's a good rule, a good rule, and hopefully, hopefully the market will – We'll account for that throughout this process as ADP settle in uh, towards August, Alex. Yeah. But uh, there, there could be guys that are exceptions, exceptions to that rule. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think I think at uh, I think at running back, it's I'm not as worried as I am at wide receiver. So um, uh, and just a shout out to all our guys in the chat here, man. Sapper so saying he just smoked a bowl, listened to his boys. We are <laughs> necessity a is the mother of invention yeah. too, right? So like, yeah. there's maybe more necessity in somewhere like Tampa <laughs> for Keyshawn Vaughn than there is in Baltimore for somebody like J.K. Dobbins. So it's gonna really kind of vary from player to player. I would mention you bring up Tevin Coleman and the value on him. Something we've been talking about for several months that we've been way ahead of the curve on is that for Raheem Mostert and to a lesser extent, maybe to a greater extent now, Tevin Coleman, given the value, uh, we we have wanted to see the 49ers shed two running backs off of that roster, two veterans. We got one when Brita was traded during the draft to Miami and, a little bit concerned that it, they re-signed McKinnon for that bargain basement million dollar contract he was willing to do, and a little bit concerned that no, the rest of that. You seen those videos that the Footwork King is tweeting out of 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 Jared, Jared McKinnon? Did you see that yesterday? I, I have not good. seen that. Well, that's interesting because that's the player to watch. Is it a million dollar salary? I mean, recently there there had we'd been hearing that McKinnon may may still not make the final roster this year. So yeah. that is – I think that's still like a key component to watch when it comes to Coleman and Mostert is what happens. With, if McKinnon gets cut, you feel really bullish about both of those players at value, Coleman and Mostert. So that will be a, certainly a narrative to watch too. Yeah, the, the, uh, um, the, foot, the footwork king, whenever he tweeted this deal out about uh, – whenever he tweeted this deal out about – Tevin Coleman, what what he or not Tevin Coleman about uh, Jarek McKinnon? He tweeted it out and he said, um, "Working out today with 49ers dual threat running back Jarek McKinnon and just basically showing him catching passes." So I, I think that that's going to be the that's going to be the way that he markets himself to uh, that's going to be the way he kind of markets himself to that to that team, saying he could come in there. He's improved his pass catching. Um, you know, we know that. You know, Raheem Mostert. It's a good angle. It's a good angle. Yeah. So I think that's probably it's probably what his agents having the footworking work with him about. Um, Okay. Uh, Just and then I just wanted to ask you too. uh, Any thoughts on uh, so so Johnny Smith's working out privately with Ryan Tannehill. I, I guess they're keeping a proper social distance, and I don't think that the if you're just throwing balls to one another, you can't you can't pass any kind of virus like that, right? Just throwing a ball back and forth. You could. It could get on the ball and 
you could catch it and with your gloves or bare hands and then you could touch your face or something. Well, who, I don't know. Who, I'm not a scientist, knows? dude. I'm a fantasy yeah, football neither. guy. <laughs> neither am I. Yeah, all right. Uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of assholes getting way out over their skis about being am, 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 amateur vi- virologists these days. Um John Johnu Johnu I mean, come on, dude. We 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 love Johnu. We just talked about how we did. We just talked about how we're worried about the rookies. We're worried about the lack of lack of connection, all this stuff like that. Here we got here, here we got these two assholes working together all summer long. Johnu's sick. Looks like he's the new alpha tight end. What do you think? We love him, but here's my beef: is that he shouldn't be ranked over T.J. Hawkinson. That's my beef with Janu Smith. I like him. There's reason to like him. Uh, he's an interesting tight end prospect heading into this year, but. In my opinion, he TJ Hawkinson sure was a. I mean, what, what really? TJ Hawkinson was a disappearing act last year after that first game. Did he even do anything he, for the he rest? Flashed, of the season? But that whole offense was trash last year. Carryon was hurt. I'd have to look back at Stafford, but Stafford had the third string rookie quarterback in there playing last year. Hawkinson was hurt. Hawkinson's a monster, dude. He's he's the best tight end prospect we've. We've seen really. I mean, it, I, it's, it's difficult to. He's better than OJ Howard in terms of a. He's the best. He is. A, he was an elite tight end prospect. And very rarely do you find yourself saying that a complete, total package and a badass. I mean, we we saw him flash last year. Look, we just talked to open the show about how slow, you know, rookie tight ends are coming out of the gate. So I'm not sure we had huge. You know, I'm 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 not sure you had huge expectations as a rookie, but second year guy. Best tight end prospect I can remember that we've ever scouted. You get in a healthy Matt Stafford. I like TJ Hawkinson in year two a lot. Okay. Well, so, I mean, I, I, would it make sense then to sometimes wait on a tight I mean, as you saw in the simulation we ran earlier, we've been getting a lot of Gronkowski just because you can get him in round 10 right now. I'm not sure that that's going to be the case uh, later on. Um, but are you comfortable just waiting on because you can get Johnny Smith and TJ Hawkinson with your last couple, you know, your last couple of picks in, in the draft. And it makes that way you can wait on tight end and wait on quarterback. And boy, you load up your roster with running backs and wide receivers for the, for, for the rest of it. Unless you can get, you know, one of these other guys at, at value. It just feels like Gronkowski right now. Um, and to some degree, I feel like Hayden Hurst are both just screaming. Scream, 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 screaming values right now for the volume that they're you know projected to wa- immediately walk into. Yeah, I, I, I would tend to agree though. I'd rather wait on, I and mean, we've always waited on tight end and quarterback. And you know, if there's value that presents itself, we'll go early on those guys on the right guy. But uh, if I can get a player like Janu Smith or T.J. Hawkinson at the end of my draft, I'm. I'm almost you almost you almost just end. take him you almost just take him anyway even if you take yeah, a tight end early just take sure. him anyway yeah absolutely um, we've seen how that Hawkinson stuff works is a out monster yeah. a he monster. is he, I mean he monster. is you, and you forget like you forget what he looked like in week one versus the Cardinals and now it, it, it what that was the Cardinals right he's so I think T.J. Hawkinson I think matchup. Yeah, I yeah, I think year. yeah, he's the one that he's the one that went into Arizona and just rang rang the gong for all the tight ends to come. But I mean, still like that was impressive. And, and I looked over his game log at PPR. He did get you another 12 point game. He got you another nine point game. But other than that, pretty, 
pretty tough sailing, pretty tough sledding. Stafford was in bad shape last year. I think if you could get, get Stafford it. back, and in some ways, you know, Marvin Jones is now settled in as just an aging, you know, an aging outside kind of number two guy there at the wide receiver position. Galladay's rise is actually good for Hawkinson is the way I see it. So, I don't know, the player I'm very interested in, Alex. It's just And as long as we're talking about tight ends sort of right now, just your thoughts on the report from The Athletic saying once again, it feels like, is it the, I feel, I feel, I can feel the banana coming directly into the old tailpipe. I can oh, feel it. Can you feel it? It's, it's starting, it's starting to crest the precipice. It's cresting the precipice and they cannot wait to unleash Chris Herndon. Yeah, that's off season <laughs> news cycle. Right. Cannot wait to unleash Chris Herndon. Your thoughts. It's just it's a well, I mean it's a it's a it's a splash headline, right? It, unleash by using the word unleash. It's just a throwback to last year's narrative. They dusted it off uh during fake news season right now. Yep. And uh manufactured news, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and I, you know, there's, we don't look, they re-signed Ryan Griffin. They like Ryan Griffin. He was viable at the end of the year. Both those guys are going to play. Still don't know what have Darnold has in them. I I like, I mean, Herndon is an interesting guy late. I think it's fine. The word unleash is, is uh, gratuitously aggressive. All right. I agree. The cheat sheet is gratuitously aggressive with going out and getting the players that we love. You have some thoughts about some of the wide receivers, uh, Byron, after doing a couple of the a couple of the simulations. And I know, of course, that we want to get to that because the cheat sheet, as we always talk about, a living, breathing document. It is one that changes with ADPs, as we always talk about. It is leverage. Uh, versus ADP. So it's going to continue to change as we get new inputs, as we get new expert rankings, as we get new ADPs from different sites opening up. It's going to change because what it is, it's a visual representation of how you attack your fantasy draft and how you can leverage ADP against your opponents. And uh, let me tell you about it right now. It's the Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. The 2020 Roster Watch Cheat Sheet is available now at rosterwatch.com. The revolutionary cheat sheet that changed fantasy football forever is back only at rosterwatch.com. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. All you have to do is follow three simple rules. That's it. Three rules. It couldn't be easier. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. An expert quality draft is guaranteed. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. Only at rosterwatch.com. Okay. Byron, let's talk about the cheat sheet even more. All right, let's do it, man. So I've been running a ton of mocks lately, very focused on the wide receiver position for a number of reasons. It's a uh, can I just can I just John M in the chat makes a great point, and I wanted to bring this up. The Naheem Hines stuff, Frank Reich saying he 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 can envision ten catch games this next season. It's a it's a it's it's a it's a good point. Is 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 that also fake news? Is it fake news season with the Naheem Hines talk too? I would certainly call it. The answer is hyper, yes. Hyperbolic. Yes. Alternative facts. Yes. Pseudo events. <laughs> Hyperbole for sure. Yep. Do I think Naeem Hines could get more involved this year? Of course he's Finally going to. in the pass receiving yeah. game? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. May, I think so, but hell, hell they drafted not, a running back early, so it doesn't really make it that clear. And look, Philip Rivers sucks, man. I am the number one 
absolute Philip Rivers absolutist. Yeah, and you, even well, you I have been that he pretty much is dust at this point. So this, but the, I mean that that would bode well for Naheem Hines. For Probably, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I just I'm not as bullish on. I'm not necessarily as bullish on what Philip Rivers is going to provide to that team as maybe some others are. All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but John M brought a, brought up a good point. That's a that's a the Naheem's Naheem Hines catch explosion could could be fake news season. For sure. Okay, Alex been running lots of mock drafts focused on the wide receiver position and really across all positions, there's really only one player on the sheet who sticks out like a sore thumb to me currently while I'm digesting my mock drafts. He's the one guy I look at it and I just say, I don't know if I want to take him right here. And I guess the truth is, Alex, we really don't know how good Juju Smith-Schuster is in the post-Antonio Brown era. How confident in Juju are you this year? Oh, with Ben back? I mean, Ben is, ben is back, right? I think that the whole pitch. I mean, I I like the Steelers. I like them. I like Deontay Johnson. We were getting a whole lot of him in version 1.0 of the cheat sheet. I had to move him down because we were getting him like 80% of the time. Are, were, were you getting a good amount of juju? I mean, where where I where I have him slotted right now, um, I don't really get him that often. I mean, we have him slotted right now as a kind of a, you know, mid-link, mid-link, uh, wide receiver two option that you would find to take if he could get priced in right around pick 4.03 in a 12 team league, a 12 team PPR league at that point in time. Yeah. I mean, Juju is still super young. He was one of the most precocious prospects that we've ever seen from his productivity from when he came in. I understand. We don't know how he really is in a post Antonio Brown world, but Fuck, man. I mean, it's like it's not just a post-Antonio Brown world. It was a Duck Hodges world. You know, it was a James Conner was her world. Like that that whole offense was shit last year. Like that that was that who who produced in that offense, period. You know, do you do you remember the 2019 Steelers? Do you remember that team? Who could have produced? I don't I don't think AB could have produced on that team. So from what I've seen out of Juju, for me, it's like he was a he came into the league at age what, 20, 21. He looked like a faster version of Stevie Johnson. I just I'm not I'm not particularly I'm not particularly worried at all. And and you know the fact of the matter is they've talked about Chase Claypool regardless of what we think, they're going to play him outside. It's going to bump Juju back inside um to the to the slot where he's a, he's a lot more comfortable and a lot more effective. I think Juju's shit. Juju might be underranked more the, the more and more that I keep talking about it. You just can't pull the trigger on him and if and if so, who would you take over him? Like in that same range. I just I mean, I can't find my I'm not thrilled about going wide receiver at that juncture. So point made. We're not getting a lot of them, but where my focus was I was surprised how to your point how early he was going in mock drafts oh yeah we're not getting a lot of assessing the wide receiver position just from the perspective of mock drafting i've been surprised at how early juju is going and i don't really love going wide receiver right there i mean i think the guys below him on the sheet you could make an argument 
for those guys over Juju. You can make an argument that Juju certainly belongs over those guys. It, I, I just look, it is reassuring when you see that big Ben other than last year, when he missed all those games last year has really been pretty available the last couple of years. I think he only missed like two games and he, he, well, he yeah, complains years, all week. He acts, he actually, like he's not going to play. Then he fucking plays and he actually, like he's hurt. And it's like, but, but dude, he's from the same class as Eli Manning and Phillip rivers. Those guys are, at the very end of their career, been been at times was starting to look a little more washed. These a little last more few years, he's a little more so, lumpy. I mean, look, and they like, haven't they haven't they haven't improved that. Look, I still have some small bit of confidence that maybe Mason Rudolph will improve as a backup quarterback in the NFL. But the Steelers haven't improved that quarterback room. So behind Big Ben, once again, you'll be reduced to Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. I know we can't sweat that kind of injury so much with uh, with these players because you just you just don't know. But yeah. uh, I mean, when you look at Juju's, I mean, it is worth reminding folks that last year Juju played only twelve games, so he's missed five games in his, or he's missed uh, what seven games in his first three years. Last year was forty two receptions, five hundred fifty two yards and three touchdowns for Juju Smith-Schuster. So yeah, to your point, it could turn him into a buy low. I was just surprised that he's not – that's not really what's occurred here. He's being drafted pretty early, and that's a guy I just say, man, at this point in the draft, I'm just not totally confident that I know exactly who Juju Smith-Schuster is. And, and, and here's the thing. I feel the same way about A.J. Brown, where I'm just – I'm not sure what to expect this year, despite the fact that he's a guy I love. He was my number one prospect – number one rookie prospect last year when a lot of people did not have him up that high. I, I mean, we don't need to relitigate how much we love A.J. Brown. But that's why on the cheat sheet, if you look at it, A.J. Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster are in the middle of that tier where we want to be taking wide receivers there, right? We want to be taking wide receivers through that tier and all the way down to the DJ Charks and the Terry McLaurins, the DK Metcalfs, et cetera, right? But I've made sure to add in Chris Carson and Le'Veon Bell as options that you could take over those guys. And now that you're telling me of it, Byron, you're on version 2.2. Guess who I'm going to move up? Into we that level Mahomes as well. Mr. Patrick right Mahomes as an exit ramp. I knew that you were going to say it. I knew you were going to say it because you're a smart guy and we think about the cheat sheet a lot. And that's true. That's exactly what needs to happen there. You need to have the opportunity. If you if you are going to be – if you're in a spot where the cheat sheet's telling you to take A.J. Brown or Juju Smith-Schuster and Patrick Mahomes is still available, you should have that opportunity afforded to you. And now the cheat sheet will afford it in version 1.2. All, all, all good thoughts. I like that. Well said, Alex. I, and, and you're right. I mean, that is the beginning of a beautiful vein of wide receivers that runs through the middle rounds of mock drafts and, of course, through the ultimate draft cheat sheet. I, I just look at it and I'd say I'd rather, I'd rather get into those guys uh, a little bit later because it is a long vein of those players that I like. I'd rather, 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 rather wait a little bit and still still be right in the pocket on that entire basically tier or range of wide receivers at that point. Um, Michael Yeager is asking, he's just asking because Chris Carson's sort of cross positionally there with a juju. He's saying, why are, are we not worried about Chris Carson's injury? Like, here's the thing, Michael Yeager. I'm, I am, I am, I'm not as worried. I'm much, I'm much more worried about Rashad Penny's injury and the fact that he could start out the year on the physically unable to perform list. If that's the case, 
you know, they're saying that Chris Carson's on pace. So if that's the, that just helps Chris Carson. They're not going to put DJ Dallas or Travis Homer or one of these assholes out there. I don't think. Well, and Alex, I, I won't be surprised if Chris Carson is up with Fournette, Gurley, Melvin Gordon by the time it's all said and done. He's not far off because here in version one point, I mean, here in version one point two, you can see he's made it. He's made it. He's made a move up. And now that we've talked about it, you would take Chris. You would take Chris Carson. Where he belongs, ADP just might not dictate it right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about what if you had a Chris Carson Kenny Galladay decision? You might take Chris Carson, wouldn't you? I sure would strongly consider it. Yeah, so I'll move. I'll move him. I'll move him up. Starting running back for Russell Wilson's and the Seattle Seahawks instead of Matt Stafford's quasi number one wide receiver on a Matt Patricia led team. Okay, Please, I moved no. him up. I, I moved him up one spot, but I'm still. I still think I'm taking Adam, Adam Thielen ahead of him, unless I unless I really need running back. I'm feeling Thielen. Okay. Um, let's see here. Uh, what do you What do you got next? So love the wide receivers beyond this point, as we just referenced, Alex. Kind of this main vein of high quality, high upside value wide receivers at ADP that run through the midst, the middle rounds of mock drafts. And of course the draft cheat sheet, uh, such an interesting tier really all the way from Juju and Tyler Lockett through Debo Samuel. There's about 10 or 12 guys there that I like. Um, the more I look at it, I definitely think it should be going DK Metcalf, Cortland Sutton, Calvin Ridley, or DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton. We can't have so, – I, I, I really like Ridley this year. You're getting off your boy Ridley? I love Ridley, but dude, Metcalf in year two with Russell Wilson, that's a beast, dude. Well, that's but an if, monster. If that's the case, he's a, he's I mean – an absolute monster. I, 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 I get it, but last time you wanted to move up Lockett, now you want to move up DK Metcalf too. So what, like, what does that mean for Russell Wilson? Well, what we what up? we talked about was moving them both up, but not and moving. I, and them. I did, and I did. I get I it. Did. I'm just saying at this point, if I'm in a draft and if I'm in a live fantasy draft for my season, I am drafting DK Metcalf over Cortland Sutton and Calvin Ridley. I, all right, I, I can move him up above Sutton. I can't move him up above Ridley. I just I, I I can't because then we're gonna end up having teams with with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Well, I'd love to know what Roster Watch Nation thinks about this. What? It's just DK Metcalf or Calvin Ridley? Yeah, All right. Well, yeah, if, if you guys in the, if you guys in the chat have thoughts, let us know. Like, let us know if you'd rather have DK Metcalf or Calvin Ridley. I just think Calvin Ridley with no Austin or Cortland no Austin Hooper coming back. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't draft the. They didn't draft um, any wide receiver help at all like I, I just i think calvin how many times did calvin calvin really scored touchdowns last year like he, he has big, big nation to rank those three players for us well, i i i agree that Sutton should be show. at the bottom i agree Sutton should be at the bottom but i just i mean calvin calvin ridley was calvin ridley's good i mean since when do you not like ridley i love calvin ridley i like dk metcalf with russell wilson and seattle more Okay. Dude, he's a beast. Metcalf was monstering down the stretch last year. I mean, as Lock at the most efficient receiver in NFL history and a big component of that they offense. But I kind of expected Sanu. They lost Austin Hooper. They lost all these guys. They get to play Tampa Bay twice. They, you know, they, yeah, they get to play Carolina twice. Who teams- else do the Seahawks have? 
They don't have anybody else either. It's DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Well, they Metcalf yeah, is about to become the alpha. Coach, just like, like, like they don't find it. Like they don't find all Greg these. Olsen, they don't find all these other guys. They throw the football maybe. to. Well, those are all. That's just like the uh, who is it? Who's the number three in Atlanta that uh, was getting? And they don't ever let Russ cook. They don't ever let Russ I mean, cook. I mean, it's it's there's always a third and a fourth guy, but nobody even in the same universe is just, DK Metcalf or Tyler look, Lockett on that. If we get if we get any higher on these, if we get any higher on these guys, we're we're gonna have fantasy football teams in the year 2020 where we're rostering DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and that's gonna be a boom bust proposition. That's not gonna it's just we can't well, do it. It might be worth bringing Lockett down then and Metcalf up. A, a little bit more. Do you it's like Do you like DK can, Metcalf better than Tyler Lockett just in a vacuum? Not necessarily in PPR, but that's getting it's going to be close. Okay. In standard I mean, or half point, that's going to be very close. That's a convert. They're converging. Uh, well, so there look, may actually, be better value on Metcalf at ADP. So we have we have a bunch of different ideas here. Flex Network says DK Metcalf. Michael Yeager says for consistency, Ridley. John M says Ridley, but it's close. John Easton says Ridley, DK Sutton. Sapper says he's going to be a big part of the offense. He, he doesn't rank him though. I, I mean, it's it's a it's a tough convert. It's a we can talk about it. I think for now it's fine. Ridley, DK, Sutton. Boy, Sutton, the Golden Sun, just. Feeling, feeling, feeling hurt by by Jerry Judy, an, another precious and beautiful golden son. I, I think Cortland Sutton's going to be just fine, but there's and especially this year. I think you make a strong argument. Look, you opened the show with the idea that rookies were going to be slow to contribute. I think you can extrapolate that for sure to the situation in Denver at least early. So Sutton to me is going to come out of the gate pretty hot. In Denver with Drew Locke, I, I like I like all three of those guys an awful lot, Alex. But I think at this point, Ridley and Metcalf pretty clearly you're more com- we're, you know you get a little more comfortable with them than than Sutton. But it's a great group, and uh, here's, Metcalf is certainly a riser. Here's here's what I think we can do. What do you think of the idea of swapping Tyler Lockett and Devontae Parker? I mean, the expert consensus in fantasy pros would tell you to take. Parker over Lockett. That way, we would cut down our exposure to Lockett. Probably, I mean, because Parker's often, oftentimes available. Whenever I'm taking Lockett, maybe we could get some exposure to Devontae Parker I like there. I like that. I like that. I'm looking here. DK Metcalf, 16 games played as a rookie, 100 targets, only 58 receptions, but you really like 100 targets. 900 yards, 15 and a half yards per catch, seven touchdowns for Metcalf. If you go look. He had two 100-yard games in the playoffs. He had 160 yards on nine targets. No, he got better and better as the season. I mean, I right. mean, he he had a, he had a he he finished pretty strong uh, there and flashed big. So a lot to like. All players we like. A, a, certainly a good conversation. But I, I like what you're saying. Maybe we we uh, bring Tyler Lockett down just a hair and find a little bit more upward mobility for DK. You don't want to get both those guys, but you want to have pretty good chance at getting one or the other, depending no, on I, your roster like construction. That. At that because point. you can make a great argument that either for, for either one to go bananas. Like I, those, I, it feels like once the, it feels like once we, you know, 
once we start, we don't do as much like preseason rankings because we're just so worried about this cheat sheet. Who gives a shit about rankings? Like we just want you to draft the best team, right? But it seems like once people start coming out with their rankings for the preseason stuff, I mean, Lockett and DK should be pretty ranked pretty close together. I'll, I'll be interested to see how the kind of how the consensus shakes out with those two. Alex, I like that you mentioned this earlier. Does Will Fuller belong any higher on the sheet or in mock drafts? No, because we're because we're we're getting him in in every draft in, in what appears to be great value. So is his ADP too low? Yes, it sounds like it. I mean, that's what that means by definition. Yeah. His, his what about his, his ADP is too low? And let's continue to get him. I mean, fuck, dude, we're getting him in literally ninety percent of drafts at the at either in the sixth or the seventh round, the late sixth round or the early seventh. He's the number one okay. wide receiver for Deshaun Watson. Okay, if he well, can stay about- healthy, is he? Uh, Fuck. Well, I mean, what's what's not to love? Oh, I love that. I like that. Well, also, though, what about Brandon Cooks then? I think maybe the same could be said for Brandon Cooks to some extent. Yeah. And, we, you know, we don't we don't get him a lot. Maybe, um, you know what? I can move him up a little both bit. Of those guys have value well, with the Deshaun Watson. The, uh, you're 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 going to you're you're you're, you're going to get fuller right now. You're, you're like going to get that. fuller um, with Cooks. You know, that that reminds me sort of as I look down here in this area, I need to move down Jarvis Landry just because of what we've heard about his uh, – he got his surgery in February, and they call that a six- to eight-month recovery. So he might not be ready to start the season if he's more towards the eight-month end of that. Um, so maybe get – maybe I need to get – Brandon Cooks up. I mean, we like him better than Michael Gallup at this point, right? The number three, and maybe more than Julian Edelman. Do you think? Do you like him more than Julian Edelman? I think so, man. Without Tom Brady, all right. I, I, I and I can't get him above Emmanuel Sanders because um, I really like Emmanuel Sanders. But I'm going to move both those guys ahead of Jarvis Landry here and get Jarvis Landry down just a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's done. Good, that's a good point on uh, well, how we should be dealing with Fuller and and, Brand, and Brandon Cooks. I think now we'll have a shot at Brandon Cooks. I'm not sure how much we'll get of him. That'll just go into my tests here for version 1.2. Um, I've, I've already made a couple of changes on the sheet just here live on the show, and there were there were a couple of changes that I made before. So we'll get those tested out and find out whether or not we are getting any Brandon Cooks into our lives for the year 2020. Similar area, similar player. What about getting John Brown any higher? Fuck it, man. Do you really feels want to get like John Brown high? Is, feels like his ADP is pretty low. He was good last year. And I know they got digs now, but, I mean, it's, certainly he's going to be the 1A. I think John Brown still no, has some John, No, Diggs will, Diggs, will be the, Diggs will be the 1A. That's what I said. Diggs will be the 1A, but he's not a pure 1. At the, at the very least. And John Brown, was, John Brown was really good last year. I think there's still some meat on the bone for John Brown with the type of offense they're going to run there. They're going to be just bombing it. Running the I football just, and bombing it. I mean. How did John Brown finish last year? Let's uh, – John Brown, John Brown was great last year because it be because his because he 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 really they really explored his route inventory. He be, became less of this the downtown John Brown with the deep ball, and you know we saw he 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 ran a greater percentage of underneath routes, digs, curls. Um, he he was like almost like a supercharged possession receiver type. It's kind of what Stephon Diggs is. It's what worries me about John Brown, and the ball. 
it isn't like the it isn't like there's massive volume there just to divvy up between all these different receivers. Also, when you get down close to the goal, you get down to the five yard line. Neither of those guys are back corner fade type receivers where you're going to be sending them to the pylon. Like they're going to be handing the ball off to either Zach Moss or Devin Singletary once they're down there close, or Josh Allen's going to run it in himself. I I just I'm not saying he should be a third round pick. Who the hell else do they have? Those are the two guys. The other receivers suck. No, they do. Dawson Knox hasn't really come on the way folks would hope in terms of a pass receiving Maven. I like John Brown as a pretty, as like a, you know, as Josh Allen's kind of pseudo number two receiver. I mean, it's like a good wide receiver four, right? I mean, you wouldn't. Would you hate you, having John Brown on your receiver? I guess maybe wide receiver five. He'd be an unbelievable wide receiver five. Well, he's a guy. I mean, he's a guy that right now you're having to take, a, or you're priced in to take it, like pick eight point zero four. Yeah, I so think that that's. I think that's. I think that's reasonable. Now, my question is this. My my question is this. Michael Gallup is definitely the new number three in Dallas, right? Even with all this rookie talk about them coming on slow, CeeDee Lamb comes in there and just murders his number two spot, right? CeeDee Lamb could come in and push to be the fucking alpha in that. He could could push Amari Cooper. He's certainly going to push Michael Gallup. So if we're talking about Gallup as being number three eventually, John Brown being number two in Buffalo, who do you prefer, John Brown or Michael Gallup? John Brown. 